Welcome. You are listening to sermon audio from Day 3 Church in Granite Falls, North Carolina. We invite you to join us online or in person for one of our services. For more information about our church, please visit day3church.org. Day 3 Church, experience a new day in your life. All of us remember very well. Um, if you weren't alive, you have come to realize what impact that day made um, in this country and in this world. Um, right now, I just want to take a minute. I want to recognize um, if you are um, fire rescue, um, if you are EMT, EMS, police officer, if you could stand up real quick for us. Um, Please stay standing. Um, also, we've come to realize over the last, stay standing, not done with you, stay standing. <laughs> um, over the last 15 years, we've also come to realize how important our military is. Um, so if you are part of the military, please stand up as well. Um, I was lucky enough five years ago to marry my very own fireman. <laughs> And so I have come to realize that um, it's not just a life that you live when you go on duty, but it's a lifestyle that you live, um, and your families also have to live that lifestyle. And so if you are a family member of one of these um, women and men that are standing in this room, please stand up as well. So um, I'm going to ask my dad, Lynn Crump, to come and, <laughs> and, um, and just pray, not only for y'all that are standing in this room, um, but also for all of the ones that are serving all across the country and across the world, um, and just for our country, um, and also just for everything that's going on, um, just that God's light will just continue to shine through, um, and over the next 15 years, um, we'll just see him move in a mighty way. Father God, we just come to you thank you, God, for our freedom. God, to live in a country where you can freely worship you, where you can freely come to Christ without sacrifice, without being harmed by uh, the laws of the land. God, I do thank you for the sacrifice that these people have made God, for our freedom, because that freedom does not go free. And I just pray, God, as, uh, as we march forward in our nation, God, your word is very, very clear about what happens to a nation when they step away from you. God, I just pray that our leaders, uh, God, will just come to recognize that. God, I, I recognize the importance of leaders being aware of human interventions against our country. But God, I just pray for our leaders that they would become aware of what happens when we step away from you. And that they would come to the realization, God, that the only way that we can continue to enjoy this freedom, the only way we can continue to be a prosperous nation, God, is that you want to focus on God, I just pray for every person that's here. I especially pray that you today in the 9-11 memorial. God, I just again come to you in great appreciation for these people that are standing. Just continue to be with them. Continue to be with their families. Amen. So Pastor Lynn has given me the opportunity to come and talk to you about Operation Christmas Child today. Um, I'm extremely excited. Um, as I go through... Um, what I have to say, you're going to come to realize that day three has a really unique opportunity to serve in this ministry. Um, and so why do I serve with Operation Christmas Child? Um, I'm a year-round volunteer, 
and um, I am the church relations coordinator for the um, Foothills area. And um, so I get to do this all year round. It's not just a Christmas project for me. Um, I get to um, go and speak at churches and talk with community groups all um, every month of the year. Um, And so the reason that I became involved with Operation Christmas Child was in 2003, my family got the chance to go to Mozambique, Africa, and we got to witness firsthand what these shoeboxes do for children. Um, We were, um, my cousin served with Samaritan's Purse, and um, she was part of a distribution. We did not personally get to see a distribution, although one day I hope to, Um, but we were able to meet the children that received these shoeboxes. And months and years after these children had received the shoeboxes, they were still talking about it. They were still talking about the things they um, got in their shoeboxes. They were still carrying around their shoeboxes. These shoeboxes are more than just a simple gift. Um, They are something that changes children's lives. Um, And so how many of you would say that the, the life that you live and the lifestyle that you live as a child Um, flows through your adult life? How many of you would say that? Okay. So the majority of us think that the things that you learn as a child are the things that are going to mold you as an adult. So if we have an organization that goes in and teaches these children about Christ and shows them the love of Christ as children, going forward, our world can be changed. Um, And so I just want to tell you and show you how um, Operation Christmas Child does this. Psalms 8 Two um, says, through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avengers. Um, and through September 11th, we can see that there's a lot of um, enemies in this world. There is a lot of evil in this world. Um, but it says through the praise of children. So again, if we can reach the children, we're going to be able to reach the world and change the world. Um, so what is OCC? Um, and you'll hear OCC, it's Operation Christmas Child. Um, and so what is OCC? OCC is the world's largest Christmas program. Um, since it started in 1990 by a, name, by a man named Dave Cook in Wales, um, he delivered the first shoeboxes to um, Romania. And um, Franklin Graham joined him in Romania and was able to witness um, in an orphanage a child receive a shoebox. And this child was one of the children in an orphanage that when you walk in, you notice him. Um, Because he, in Romania, as you know, it's kind of cold. And this child did not have a jacket. He did not have gloves. He did not have a toboggan. He had nothing to keep him warm. And um, Franklin kept looking at him. It's just like, I wish I could do something for this child. He needs this this clothing to keep him warm. Um, And so when they gave out the shoeboxes, this child opened the shoebox and shut it right back. And Franklin Graham was like, oh, goodness, what has happened? And um, so he walked over to the little boy, and he he got the translator, and he was like, what can I—what's wrong with your box? And the boy's like, nothing. And he opened the box, and it was a huge jacket in the box. And that's all that was in the box, but it was exactly what he needed at that time— And it showed Franklin Graham at that time that God was already in this ministry, that God was working through these boxes to get the children exactly what they needed. Um, Since then, since um, uh, Samaritan's Purse took over the organization in 1993, since then 124 million shoeboxes have been given to children across the world um, in over 150 countries. Um, And there's a massive volunteer network, um, including... 
um, us here in the United States and also Australia, New Zealand, Wales, um, and the United Kingdom. Um, and then also in all of the receiving countries, and I'll talk about them later, there are volunteers. There's over 500,000 volunteers that work with this organization every year. Um, so I just want to talk about the Great Commission. This organization holds up to the Great Commission so well. It says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And I behold, I'm with you always to the ends of the age. Um, last series, Pastor Lynn talked about um, all of us being missionaries in our own way. Um, and, and a lot of times we don't think we can go to Africa. We don't think we can go to Guatemala. Maybe you weren't able to go on the mission trip that we went to in Guatemala. But these boxes are you being able to go overseas and give these children exactly what you need. You can be a foreign missionary by packing a simple shoebox. Um, and you can meet that great commission here um, in your own country and reach the ends of the earth. Um, so why pack a shoebox? Is there really a need for more shoeboxes? 124 million shoeboxes sound like a lot. Um, but as you see on this diagram, the 124 million shoeboxes does not even add up to the 315 million people living in the United States. But that doesn't even compare to the 434 million children living in India. Um, that does not include the children in China, in Africa, in South America. It's only the children in India is over 434 million shoeboxes that we would have to give out to reach every child in India. So the need is so great. Um, so most of y'all, I, I assume most of y'all have packed shoeboxes before or have at least heard of the organization. Um, but I just want to take a few moments and show you how to pack a shoebox. Um, so first you have to pick whether or not you want to pack for a boy or girl. Um, the most popular um, shoebox is a girl, five to nine. The least popular box is a boy 10 to 14. Um, so if you don't really care what age group you want to pack, I suggest a boy 10 to 14 because there are um, the least amount of boxes of that age group. Um, and so first you pick a boy or girl, and then you go and you pick your items out. Um, we're really pushing for um, you to pick a wow item. And this is an item, um, Barbie doll, football, um, soccer ball, something that when the child opens the box up, they're like, wow, why would someone give me this? I don't even know the person. Why would they spend their money and get me this gift? Um, and that gives the people at the distributions an opportunity to tell them it's because God loves you. And these people wanted you to have this gift. Um, now, I was, during the, after the first service, a couple people asked me, well, how do you get those wow items to fit? How do those, their small boxes, how do you get a Barbie doll to fit? Let me tell you a trick. None of the items have to be in packaging. Um, so crayons that you put in the packaging, take them out of the box, stick them in a Ziploc bag, and put them in your box. Um, Barbie dolls, take them out of the box, fold the legs up, and fit them right into the box. Um, anything, the footballs um, and the junior size footballs fit perfectly. I have an example out there with a junior size, um, out there in the Welcome Center. Um, there is a box out there um, with a junior size football and a pump. You just uh, take the air out of it and put a pump in there, and they can blow it up when it gets there. Um, so there's just a lot of different ways that you can make those boxes completely full of stuff um, just by simple tricks. Um, next, we want you to fill the boxes up with hygiene products, 
um, school supplies um, and things like that. Um, now, you can't have liquids or chocolates. You can have Tootsie Rolls, um, but no liquids, chocolates, or glass. I will tell you that, unfortunately, next year, um, not this year, you can fill your boxes up with all of that this year, but next year, you will not no longer be allowed to put toothpaste or candy in the boxes. Um, and that is because um, boxes are being turned away at customs because of out-of-date toothpaste and candy. And um, so, unfortunately, those items are going to have to be stopped putting in boxes. Um, but that just means there's more space for more stuff. Um, so I want to tell you a little story about school supplies and how important those are to put in your boxes. Like I said, in 2003, we were able to go to um, South Africa. And my cousin at the time, like I said, worked for Samaritan's Purse. And she told us the story about... Um, they were supposed to receive their shoe boxes in February, but they got hung up in customs and they were not able to be delivered to them until May. And um, the, the school systems there, if the children do not have school supplies, they don't get to attend school. So if, if we were living in Mozambique and um, you could not afford to get, get your child school supplies, they had to stay at home with you. They couldn't attend school. Um, but so they were very concerned that these children would not have the school supplies they needed. Those boxes showed up right before school started and every single one of those boxes had school supplies in it. So every one of those children were able to attend school that year. And again, it's just another example of how God puts these boxes in the hands of children exactly when they're needed. Um, after you, um, fill your boxes up completely, um, we do ask you to pray over your boxes. It's so important. Um, this is the first level of prayer for these boxes. It's definitely not the last. Um, you'll see throughout my presentation that prayer is all through this organization. And, um, but we ask you to pray over it and also stick a picture of, of yourself. Um, put a letter in there. Um, put anything in there where the children can get to know you. Um, a lot of times you'll receive a letter back. Um, yesterday I was able to go to a workshop um, that one of my team members were putting on. And um, I met this lady named Virginia. And she um, lost a child in a car wreck in 2003. And um, about four years later, she packed a shoebox, sent a letter. Um, and she did not. Now, these shoeboxes went out um, in November. She received a letter back in January. Um, and this child um, had the exact same birthday, January 27th, as her daughter. And it wasn't only her, but she also had a twin. And so there were two people that she got to get a letter back that got her shoebox that had the exact same birthday as her daughter. And not only are the children blessed, but a lot of times we um, get to receive that blessing back. And for her, that has changed everything because um, she knows that she saw God work in her life. Um, through a shoebox as well. So after um, you pray with your shoebox, um, you put your letter in there, um, then you are going to get it ready for shipping. Um, we do request that you donate $7 shipping, um, and this just helps with all the logistics of the shoebox. And um, it's really important that your money does not go um, to waste. It is every um, inch of the logistics section of this organization is um, very well organized. They know exactly how many boxes will fit in every carton, um, and your money does go a long way. So we do ask that you um, give that $7. There are two ways to do that. 
Um, out in the Welcome Center, there's a table full of stuff that you can take with you. Um, there's the um, boy and girl tags with the envelope. You can stick your $7 in there. Or um, a couple years ago, they started online shipping, and you can go online and you can track your shoebox. Um, now, you might um, pay your $7 in October or November. You might not receive an email telling you where your shoebox went until next November. Um, so it might be a while, but you will receive that email telling you where your box ends up. And so you'll, you will get to know exactly where your, what country your box is going, where your box is going. The last thing that you have to do is drop your box off at a drop-off location. Um, now, the exciting news about this is that day three is a drop-off location. So when you bring your shoeboxes here, um, your shoebox doesn't have to go anywhere else. Um, and so, but going on with that, um, drop-off locations are so important. Um, they're called relay centers, and Ryan and Joy Davis are our um, relay center coordinators. And um, you can wait. <laughs> um, and they have done such a good job over the last couple years. And um, but what is the most um, incredible thing about relay centers is that a lot of times um, people think that Operation Christmas Child is only an international mission opportunity. But here at Day Three, we have an opportunity to make it a local mission opportunity. Um, we are going to have individuals. We're going to have church groups, community groups, non-believers and believers come into this church to drop off shoeboxes, and we're going to have a chance to pray with them, to pray over their shoeboxes, and give them and show them the love of Christ. Um, and so this opportunity that we have is so huge, and I hope that y'all get excited, and y'all get excited to volunteer. Um, we need a lot of help. It takes an army to do this relay center, and I know we will not turn away any volunteers um, that want to come and help. It is a week long. You don't have to volunteer every day. Um, but just see, it's your way to meet the Great Commission. It is your way to make this ministry a local ministry. Um, and there are so many stories about relay centers getting to meet people that would never come into a church. Um, you may be the only church that these people get to see. Um, and for us to have that opportunity to be that church is an incredible thing. Um, and so I just hope that y'all get excited about that. I hope that you see the need that our community here needs um, to be able to come into a church and feel welcomed. Um, even if it is just to drop a shoebox off, that we're there to pray for them and to pray for their boxes. It also gives us an opportunity not only to pray for the boxes that um, are brought here, but we also get to pray for a lot more boxes that are going to be brought upstairs. Um, and that's another layer of prayer that um, these boxes get to have. Um, after they leave the process or the relay center, they go to the processing center. Our boxes here will go to the Charlotte processing center. There's also one in Boone. Um, and there's also four others in the United or three others in the United States. There are five total. And at the processing center, if you have been able to go to the processing center, um, it is a huge blessing. It is an organized chaotic mess. Um, it is fun. It's fast. It's um, just a lot of fun. Anyone can do it. Miss Virginia, who I was talking about earlier, has been bound to a wheelchair for over five years, and she goes to the processing center every single year. Um, and so there are things for every single person to do there. Um, when, when you go, you'll get to see um, the true aspect of the ministry. Um, me and Mark went last year 
um, to Boone. And while we were there, we were all in a hurry trying to get all these boxes done. We went the last week they were open and they had, I think, 25,000 more boxes to go through. And they're like, we got to get these through. Let's go, let's go, let's go. But when it was time and one of the shipping cartons were completely full, they stopped processing everything. And they came over and they told us, we have a, sh- we have a shipping container that's ready to go out. We need to pray over it. So they stopped processing and they prayed again. And so this ministry is not all about the numbers. It's not all about the money. It's about getting these boxes to the exact child that God has um, in store for that child to get. Um, And it's just so important to see that. It's so nice to see an organization that knows the true meaning and knows the gospel. Um, So once it leaves the processing center, it starts its fun journey overseas. And it meets up with the national leadership teams. These are, again, volunteers, but these volunteers are in the countries that receive the shoeboxes. They are all volunteers. Um, I have personally seen God's hand at work among these leadership teams. In April, I um, I got to meet the Uganda national leadership team. And um, Uganda was having some issues with um, customs. And God placed on that team a gentleman that was very high up in parliament. Um, And so when they had trouble in customs, he pushed them on through. Um, And so it just shows that God's hand is at work in every aspect um, of this ministry. Um, And again, the boxes are prayed over before they get to the children. So this is the fourth or fifth time that these boxes are prayed over. And God tells us we just pray once for something. That if it's in his will, it's going to be done. And these boxes are constantly prayed over. So the stories that I tell, the stories that you hear, it shouldn't be a surprise to us because these boxes are meant to be for these children. Um, the national leadership team is also in charge of logistics to get the boxes to the children. Um, now, there are some very unique ways that these um, teams have to get these boxes to the children. And these ways can be, next slide, please. These ways can be camels. They can be um, little carriers with people pulling it. Um, I have seen pictures of these boxes being carried on women's heads um, through boats, um, little water planes, um, just every way possible. These teams get these boxes to the bushes of Africa and in the rainforests, rainforests of Costa Rica. Um, And so just knowing that that $7 that you give per box is helping get these shoe boxes to the children. So it is, um, it's not just roads and they can be put on semis and taken to these children. There are unique ways that these boxes um, make it to the children. Um, And then the biggest thing that I want to talk to y'all about is it's not just about the gift. It's not just about what's in your box. Um, the things that are put in your box are going to touch the children's lives. Um, there's a, there's a guy, well, he's a, he's a grown adult now, but, um, Dennis, when he was eight years old, um, he had watched, he was from Honduras and he had watched the store, uh, the movie Toy Story and him and his brother wanted to be Buzz Lightyear and Woody the Cowboy. Um, and he wanted the Woody doll like nothing else. And he went to his parents and asked his parents, can you please get me this Woody doll? And his parents were like, there's no way. We can barely feed you. We can barely get you the supplies that you need. There's no way that we can get you a Woody doll. And so he 
made terms with it and said, okay, I guess I'm not going to get it. Well, his church that year was able to have a distribution and he received a shoebox. Who can guess what was in the shoebox? A woody doll. Um, And so even though that's such a simple, silly gift, it was exactly what he had prayed for. It was exactly what he wanted. And now he is a speaker that goes around and speaks at churches and he takes his woody doll that he received years and years ago and he shows it and he tells people that this is his reminder of God's faithfulness. A simple woody doll being a reminder of God's faithfulness. Um, And that was a gift that someone put into their shoebox. Um, Another story is, um, hits home a little bit more, but um, it's a little sadder. Um, There was a girl from the Soviet Union and um, she was in an orphanage until she was 14 and luckily was adopted when she was 14. When she was 12 years old, um, she received a shoebox in the orphanage and she received a bar of soap in her shoebox. And she knew um, that if she, they were shipped to the city once a month to take a shower. And she knew that if she took that bar of soap with her, it would be stolen from the older kids. And so she decided to wrap it up and to give it to her older friend to let her keep, um, keep it safe until she could use it. A year later, the orphanage um, built their own showers and um, the girl and her uh, couple other friends begged the security guard to let him in to take a shower one night. And um, she took that bar of soap a year later and was able to use it. And um, she talks about in her story how a simple bar of soap that cost less than a dollar here in the United States changed her life a year after she received the shoebox. And it's a bar of soap. And so, and I know many of us probably have multiple bars of soap under our sink that probably will never get used because it gets lost in the very back of the cabinet. Um, And so just think, just that one bar of soap could change a child's life. They not only receive a shoebox, but they also have the opportunity to go through the greatest journey. The greatest journey is a 12-week study. um, And the coolest thing about the greatest journey is that it is not taught by Samaritan's Purse um, workers. It is not taught by um, Americans. It's not taught by any of us. It is taught by locals who have been taught to teach. Um, So um, Operation Christmas Child has taken their time and resources and have taught teachers um, how to disciple the children there. So these shoeboxes are not just given to the children. They're told the gospel and then they leave. They have people there to disciple them. Um, and I think that is so important, um, especially when they're living in a, most of the time they're living in countries that have all different religions coming at them. They, are, they have someone locally that is going to disciple them. Um, this 12-week study is um, a study that's in their language. Um, it started in 2010. It's written in over 70 languages in over 100 countries. Um, since 2010... Um, there have been 1 million children complete the Greatest Journey program. Um, of those 1 million, 200, or 2,156,905 children have come to know Christ. Now you ask, if only 1 million children have completed it, how have 2 million? They don't have to complete it to know Christ. But also, in the Greatest Journey, in the back of the book, it has a slot for them to write down six names. 
They write down six names, and at the end of the program, they are told to go and tell six people what they learned. So your one shoebox can make a difference in seven children's lives. Those seven children then go and tell six other people. So your one shoebox can touch an entire village, can touch an entire country with your one shoebox. Um, since, um, well, in 2014 alone, 988,000 children came to know Christ. In 2014 alone. So if you think of what this organization is, is doing, what Operation Christmas Child, how they're reaching the children, why would you not pack a shoebox? It is a simple thing that we can do to change a life of a child. Um, I have a short video that I want you to watch. Um, it just tells a little bit more about. Um, one thing it hits on is that at the end of um, the graduation ceremony they have, each child receives a New Testament Bible in their language. And a lot of times this is the only piece of material that they have that's in their language. Um, and so, and again, this is what this organization is doing. It's making these children able to be disciples um, after they are discipled. So just watch this short video. It all begins with a shoebox gift. And then the greatest journey is just about to start. It's this unique 12-lesson discipleship program that teaches children about the Bible and Jesus Christ in more than 60 languages in 75 countries. It's an opportunity, really, for children to lay a firm foundation for a life and faith set on their Savior. Kids learn that they're new creations in Jesus Christ, that God saves them from their sins forever. They memorize Bible verses and learn how to follow them each day. They even learn to share their faith in Christ with others. And then, children receive a Bible in their own language when they graduate from this unique discipleship experience. And for hundreds of thousands of children around the world, the adventure of faith in Christ is just beginning. And that is the greatest journey. So again, like I've said over and over, this organization, Operation Christmas Child, is not just about the book or about the shoebox. It is about the prayer and the discipleship that goes in to change these children's lives. So why should you not pack a shoebox? I mean, it meets the, um, it helps you um, with the Great Commission. You're able to reach nations. You're able to... Um, be able here at day three, we, um, we are the local mission opportunity here as a relay center. Um, it's also obviously an international mission opportunity. You're able to meet the ends of the world with your shoebox um, and not leave the comfort of the United States. Um, and it also changes lives for Christ. And it's with a simple shoebox. Um, the, the last thing, well, one of the last things I want to do is show you this verse. Um, it's Colossians 3, 23 through 24. Um, it is the North Carolina Operation Christmas Child's verse for this year. Um, it says, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving Lord Christ. Um, and... As, as I was talking to the pastor, um, we were talking about what we wanted our goal to be. Um, and he had said, well, we did a little 
a little around 400 this past year. And I was thinking, well, the goal was a little higher in my head. He was like, okay. And, um, and so, and I kept remembering this verse and I said, you know, if we give all that we have, um, everything that God blesses us with is not ours. He tells us to give. Um, and then he tells us that we will receive our inheritance as a reward. Um, and so I really believe that, that God has placed this organization in day three so strongly um, that he wants us to do great things. Um, and so um, we've talked to Ryan and Joy and Pastor Lynn, and we've decided that this year our goal is 500 boxes. Um, I think that we can do better than 500, um, but we're going to shoot for 500. Um, and so today you're going to have an opportunity to come and get these shoe boxes um, up here. They're flat. There's instructions on how to put them together. If you can't put them together, I will show you how. Um, they are a little complicated. Um, but um, just come up here, um, get as many as you want, but make sure you fill them up. Um, and I just really pray that, um, that you really take this, and um, I hope you get excited. Um, I do want to tell you um, a couple ways that you can um, serve here at day three. Um, first is packing shoeboxes now until November 14th or the 21st. Um, but also we have one of the most exciting things that's happened in our area with Operation Christmas Child ever is um, that we have a full circle speaker coming. That is a girl, um, or she's a woman now, that received a shoebox as a child. And now she's going to come here on October 9th when we're having our one service at 9 o'clock. She's coming here and she's going to tell her story. Um, she is from the Middle East. She has had to um, kind of... not change, but um, alter her story to take some stuff out because of where she's from and to keep her family and her safe um, because there is an ISIS presence in her um, country that she she received a shoebox. So it's going to be an incredible story on how one shoebox has changed this girl's life. Um, Her name is Danya, and she will be here on October 9th at 9 o'clock. And so please invite everyone you can. I hope we have people standing up in the back um, because it's going to be an incredible service when she comes and speaks on October 9th. The next time that you have an opportunity to serve is November 14th through the 21st with the Relay Center. Um, Sign-ups will be starting in October um, 9th when Danya is here. And um, we hope that every single one of y'all volunteer. There's going to be multiple ways that you can volunteer. Um, So um, if you don't feel um, like you can pray with someone, um, there will be other jobs that you can do. Um, So we will find you something to do, I promise. Um, And so I want to leave you with one last picture. Um, This picture is one that we um, at Operation Christmas Child never want to have to take again. Um, this picture shows children at a distribution that were not allowed to receive a shoebox because there wasn't enough. Um, these children are outside the gate. The distribution is going on inside the gate. Um, and so again, the need for these shoeboxes are so huge. Um, and we don't want to see this at any distribution. Um, and so again, please fill your shoeboxes up. Um, are there any questions before John comes back up here? Okay, perfect. I will be outside um, at the table. There's a lot of free stuff. Um, if, if you feel like you cannot pack a shoebox, but you want to give money, you can always designate the money. 
Um, and we will use that for shipping or we will go out and purchase items to fill shoe boxes. Um, if you want to um, go shopping with me, I know the great places to get really cheap stuff. Um, and so um, just come and ask me and I can let you know the best places. So thank you for letting me come and share. Thank you, Bethany, for sharing that with us today. And I just want to clarify something, Bethany, real quick. I'm assuming on October 9th when uh, Danya comes that we're not going to be able to podcast her presentation. Oh, you can? Okay. All right. Well, uh, I just wanted to check on that because I was going to say if you miss, if, if you miss out on October 9th, we may not be able to podcast that due to whatever the details are. But if, if they give us permission, then we'll put that online as well. And other messages uh, week to week are posted online at day3church.org. I think you can go to day3church.org or day3church.com. Either one takes you to the website. And uh, click on media. You can see the sermon player. You can play them from your computer or your phone, and you can download them, all that sort of thing. But uh, those are put up weekly. Um, uh, you know, before we before we go today, just want to um, want to say thank you again to Bethany for sharing with us. And I learned a lot this morning in first service about Operation Christmas Child. I've been I've been to the facility in Boone. I've taken the tour. Took my kids with me. We've seen all kinds of stuff, but I still learned something today. And uh, raise your hand if you learned something new about it today. All right. See, and that's why we do this. And that's I'm I'm very thankful that Bethany was able to come and, and share with us today. Um, you know, as she was talking, I, I thought about the first time that I heard about Operation Christmas Child. I was uh, in college at Appalachian, and Franklin Graham actually came to the church I was attending at the time and, and spoke about the organization and about the um, about the ministry. It must have been not long after uh, Samaritan's Purse had taken over the operation, but um, he shared a story. I don't remember anything else he said that morning but I remembered this story, and it's stuck with me um, since then. But he told a story of delivering shoeboxes in, um, in a, a hospital, a children's hospital uh, in another country, and uh, delivering to orphans in the hospital. And they got to the, uh, the very last shoebox in, um, in their supply for the, for the location, and he walked into the room of this child, and the child that was in the room was blind. And he said his heart sank, and that he wondered, how in the world is this child going to enjoy anything in this box? And uh, he, he said he, he frantically tried to think of what, what could he give this child, and he didn't have anything that he could think of, and he said he just... The only thing he had to give was the box. And he, he just said, Lord, let this be something to help this kid. And uh, gave it to the box and wa- gave, gave the box to the kid and watched as he opened it. And he said that uh, uh, when he opened it, now this was in the 90s, but uh, he said there was a cassette Walkman inside with a bunch of tapes. And the family that had sent the shoebox had recorded messages to the child and uh, scripture and um, and uh, music and, and sermons and all kinds of other stuff, uh, but it was it was just a really neat testimony to see how God utilized that situation, and he he um, he knew exactly uh, where that box needed to go, and he laid it on the heart of the person who put the stuff in there to send that. 
And, and I think it's easy for us, it's easy for me to think every year when we do shoeboxes to think, well, it's time to go and spend $25 at the, at the dollar store or at Walmart or wherever and get a bunch of stuff put it in the box and bring it over here. And to us, it seems so simple. You know, washcloth and some pencils and soap and a ball and that kind of stuff. And, and for us, we, we're privileged in this nation uh, to, to have those things so uh, readily available to us. And we, we don't think of what a tremendous blessing it could be to someone else. I think we, even if we know it up here in our brains, we, it doesn't really connect for us. And so when we get to see those situations and see how God orchestrates things to put a bar of soap in the hand of a young lady, uh, and, and he, he knew exactly who needed that, or the, the cassette Walkman, or any other number of stories uh, that, that, you can, that you can hear. And so I, I think it's a great, a great testimony to the, to the power of God, um, that, that he's present in this and that he cares about the needs of each person on this planet, no matter how uh, easy it is to overlook them, he cares about them. And so uh, we may not take notice of those things, but he does. The Bible says he, he sees when a sparrow falls to the ground. Um, he, he's that in tune with his creation. He, he has that much care for each one of us. And so... Uh, I want to share with you a passage real quick before we go uh, that I thought of as, as we were listening to the presentation. And this is in Romans chapter 10. It says, uh, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. And you know, it may not be possible for every one of us to, to go to all of these countries in person, but we can send the gospel message to those countries in, in just some really small and seemingly for us insignificant ways, but they can make the difference in an entire community. And they can change the eternal destination of uh, many souls. And so I want you to think about that as, uh, as you pray about and prepare your shoeboxes. Um, and you think about how you and your family maybe could be involved in that, how you could contribute. The, uh, the boxes are up here at the front. Uh, Samaritan's Purse over the years has started doing these, and they're, they're really great. I mean, the, you can bring a bunch of boxes in. You just fold them up, follow the instructions, and there they are. You load them up with your stuff and you send them on. I encourage you to uh, go and take a tour of the facility. I think, um, when, when did you say the tour is that day three is doing? Did you mention that or somebody else mentioned that? It was in the announcements, I guess. Okay, we're trying to get a spot for a tour. So, it, you know, if you get an opportunity, whether you go with day three or, or uh, go some other way, you should, you should really check that out. It's a really neat thing. Um, and uh, the, reason, the reason for this program... Uh, is is the gospel message, and that that message is important for each of us as well. The gospel applies to everyday life. Uh, we need the gospel daily, uh, but there may be some folks in here uh, in this room who who maybe maybe you haven't received Christ, and we don't want to leave without giving you an opportunity to do that. So, I just want to share with you briefly what the gospel is, and uh, and what God wants to do in your life. And, and you can have that opportunity this morning. The band's going to come and do a song. We're going to have an invitation. And uh, uh, 
if you if you want to come and pray uh, about anything, you're welcome to come up and pray. Um, if you need to talk to somebody, uh, you're welcome to come up. And, and um, I'm here, and we have some other uh, leaders in the church that be um, willing to talk to you. And if you need to receive Christ this morning, uh, this is a good time and a good place for you to do it. And you could do it anywhere, uh, but God uh, has put you in a place where you're surrounded by people who care and who will walk with you. And so um, don't, don't delay. Um, but I want to share with you real quick what the gospel is. And the gospel is simply this, that God created us in his image, and he created us for a purpose, and he wants to bless us, and he wants uh, us to enjoy fellowship with him. Uh, what that means is connection, relationship with him. And, and there's something that's separating us from him, and that's called sin. And sin's not just the bad things that we do. We tend to think of sin as, as our behaviors, um, and uh, the, the Bible says that it's more than that. Jesus said to the Pharisees, he said, you, you've heard it said that you, you shouldn't murder, but I say if you've had hatred towards someone, you've already committed murder in your heart. And, you say, and you've heard it said, don't commit adultery, but I tell you, if you've had a lustful thought, you've already committed adultery in your heart. And so Jesus points out to the religious people of the day that it's not your outward behavior that makes you a sinner. It's not your outward behavior only that gives you a need for forgiveness. The outward behavior only exposes the fact that in, inwardly that you're, you're sinful, you're wicked. And all of us have that fallen state. We all are in need of Christ. The Bible says in Romans that, that we all fall short of the glory of God. Uh, meaning we can't, we can't meet his level of perfection. We can't measure up to the standard. And if God were to judge us just simply by the Ten Commandments, and you look at a couple of them, lying uh, and, and uh, blasphemy and um, uh, adultery and, and stealing, and, and you name any, any uh, two or three of those, we, we all fail multiple of those on, on uh, many occasions. And, we, and um, if we were just to be judged by that alone, uh, we, we would easily be able to say that we're guilty. And, for the, and if, you're, if you're guilty of breaking the, or violating the law of God, the Bible says that there's a, there's a place for us uh, who've done that, and it's called hell. It's eternal separation from God. It's eternal uh, uh, punishment. Uh, and that may sound unfair to someone who, uh, who doesn't know Christ, but, but I assure you, it's kind of like this. In your home with your children, you can make the rules, right? And, and, and they may say that's unfair, but you say it's my house, it's my rules. Well, God created everything, and the Bible says that he spoke it all into existence. So if he, if he spoke and the sun and the galaxies came into existence, uh, I would hate to see what would happen uh, if he were to, to decide to... Uh, to address us when we talk back, so to say, the way we might address our own children. If you get what I'm saying, it's kind of, he, he's, he, he's the boss. He made this place. He made each one of us, and it's kind of his rules. And uh, so, so uh, anyway, the, um, the gospel is simply this. We all deserve, we all deserve hell. But the Bible also tells us that God loved us so much that he sent his only son, he sent Christ, to walk this earth and, um, and, and to live a sinless life, and then to take the penalty for our sins on the cross. Now, that's, that's for all people for all time, past, present, and future, that Christ took the sins of each one of us on himself on the cross so that you and I, if we would confess our need for Christ or, or our need for forgiveness 
and put our faith and trust in Christ, that we could receive not only eternal salvation, the, the ability to bypass what we deserve, which is hell, and to get something we don't deserve, which is heaven, but that also that he would give us a new start. The Bible says that he would make us a new creation in Christ. And so that's the gospel. And this morning, if you haven't received Christ, if you haven't had that moment where you've confessed your sin to him and you've surrendered your life and said, God, I need to be a new creature, this morning is a time that you can do that. And so um, Sherwin is going to come out and lead us in a song. And as, as he does, you're going to have the opportunity to come up here and pray. And if you want to talk to somebody about salvation, I'll be here and there's others that can meet with you as well. Uh, but don't delay if that's a need in your life. Take care of it today. Let's pray. Father, we, um, we thank you, Lord, that, that you do love us that much, that you care about um, the possessions uh, that a child in another country would ask for. You care about the needs of the homeless. You care about the needs of those who are in poverty. You care about the needs of those of us who maybe don't lack anything um, material. You care about the deeper needs of all people, and that is, that is that we need you, that we need forgiveness, and we need a cleansing and a fresh start. And you've given us that opportunity through your Son to be able to come before you and, and, and surrender our lives and receive what we need most, which is your grace and your mercy. And Father, I pray for each person in this room that you uh, would draw each heart closer to yours. And Father, if there are any in here this morning that, that haven't come to that place where they've surrendered to you, Lord, they take care of it before it's too late. And Father, for each of us, that you'd help us, as Bethany said, to figure out how to be better missionaries right where we are in any way that we can, whether it's shoeboxes, prayer, money, uh, or, or all of the above, or whether it's actually going and, and being a part of the distribution of, of things like that or doing mission work overseas. Father, help us to be faithful and to have um, to to be the arm of the church, so that outreach is not just a short reach into our local community, but it would be a far-reaching thing to the to the ends of the earth, because that's the command that you've given us through the Great Commission. Uh, Father, this morning, um, help us, Lord, to be fully surrendered to you. In Jesus' name, we pray. Thanks for listening to this sermon audio production from Day Three Church. We pray that it has ministered to you. For more information about our location, service times, or other sermon podcasts, please visit us online at day3church.org. Day 3 Church, experience a new day in your life.